If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a one-time or reoccurring donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate tab in the menu. Donations made to Mayflower's Communications Fund are tax-deductible and help ensure this podcast is available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City by the Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, senior minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie. Good morning. Welcome to Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are excited to have members of the Mayflower Youth Group guiding our worship this morning. Henry, Honor, Roslyn, Xander, Ryan, Angela, Joe, and Emmett. Thank you for leading this morning, especially on World Communion Sunday, where believers around the world break bread and drink the cup as a sign of hope for all people. And that is your casual reminder to make sure you have elements in front of you. A few announcements to take note of. Please take a moment to sign in using the bulletin. Tell us you're here. We're doing this while the COVID variant, the all the variants are sort of elevated right now. Please tell us you're here and mark that you are at the 11 o'clock service. Don't forget to support the work and mission of this church through your tithes and offerings. You can give online or drop your check or money in the giving box just outside the sanctuary doors. And it is finally October, and that means it's time for the annual Willie Ream Jean Drive for our neighbors at the Homeless Alliance. So from now through Oct Sunday, October 24th, please bring new or lightly worn pairs of jeans, and you can drop them off in the fellowship hall. There are, like, I don't know, seems like 28 bins to be full. Um, and so drop your jeans off. If you are someone who would rather 363 do the shopping for you, you can send a check to the church with 363 jeans in the memo line and they will indeed do the shopping for you. And now, please join us in the call to worship, which can be found in your bulletin. Friends, scripture tells us that where two or more are gathered, God is there. We are all to deepen our sacred friendships, loving one another earnestly, showing hospitality and encouraging one another. When scripture says two are better than one, for if they fall, one will lift up the other, they're speaking of us, the beloved community. Let us pray and practice together 
being patient with one another, forgiving one another, and building each other up in the name of Jesus, who turned friends into family. Let us rise in body or spirit, stay in our pews, and enthusiastically wave to one another to pass the peace of Christ. takes a little bit longer than normal. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Let us continue worship with a time of community prayer where we share our joys and concerns. The birthdays we celebrated over the last week include Molly Uten, Rhonda Gibson-Neal, Carly Stark, Suzanne McKinney-Miles-Green, David Duford, and Jana Timberlake. For the lives of these beloveds, let the people say, thanks be to God. And a special birthday shout out to youth group member Henry, for the life of Henry, let the people say, thanks be to God. Our youth group is excited that all of us may soon be eligible to receive the COVID vaccine. And for that, let the people say, thanks, thanks be, to, be God. to God. We are also thankful for the new friends we have made over the last 19 months, many of whom we met online via Zoom or social media. For those new friends brought by the pandemic, let the people say, thanks, thanks be to God. But that will be enough for us to help you carry it. Let us be in prayer together. Gracious God, we continue to pray for Julius Jones and those working on his behalf. We pray for the water protectors in Minnesota and Wisconsin who are trying to save Mother Earth from the Line 3 pipeline. We pray for one of our friends whose mother just passed away. And these difficult times gives us the strength to be the needed shoulder of support. We pray for those friends who suffer through being bullied at school May they find peace in our presence as we stand beside them. In our beloved community, we, we pray for Bruce, Jonathan, Jane, and Carolyn, for everything else that needs prayer, both named and unnamed, known and unknown. We trust you've got it covered, Holy One. Come to us, abide with us, and grant us your peace. Amen. Amen. Let us say together the Lord's Prayer, a translation by members of this congregation. Our, Our Creator, Creator, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For you reign in the power that is love, now and always. Amen.
Will you pray with me? Holy One, our youth group has gathered throughout the last five weeks to talk about friendships and examine what it really means to be a friend. In every step, we are reminded of the examples you set in being good friends to those we love. And really, it is your friendship that's our best example. For you are the friend that never doubts and always supports, who never turns a blind eye and always holds us accountable. Even more, you have shown us how to be good friends to others as we walk through every season of life. Holy One, we praise you for the kind of friendship shared between Ruth and Naomi. We learned in our gatherings what real loyalty to a friend looks like when Ruth wouldn't leave Naomi's side as they traveled back to the land of Judah. Her dedication to her mother-in-law and best friend inspires us to show loyalty and love to our closest friends every day. We also praise you for the friendship shared between Jonathan and David. We saw in their example how David truly stood up for his best friend, even in the face of his furious father. Give us the strength to do the same when our friends are faced with impossible situations for we may be the only thing between them and darkness. But not everything with our friendships is great, Holy One, and there are times when we struggle to keep your examples at top of mind. It can be difficult to show our love and dedication when we are quarantined and learning from our laptops. How do we maintain strength when we can't even go play a game of catch or basketball together, can't work closely on that group project, but are separated by plexiglass and virus that won't quit. Our connections have been put to the test over the last 19 months, Holy One. We are just now getting back to being able to actually high-five our friends without immediately dunking our hands in sanitizer. We breathe a sigh of relief knowing that through all of this, your friendship has been a constant presence. But oh, how we long for those days with friends in class without the worry of a silent threat. So often throughout the Bible, you show us that there is no need to pretend or pose with our friends. We can rest in their friendship and pray that they continue to stand by us in support, just like Ruth and David. We, in turn, will continue to support our friends for who they are, no matter where they are on life's journey and provide space for them so that they feel welcomed and loved. We will still be there for our friends when the classroom returns to normal, or at least a new normal. Keep us strong, Holy One. Our friends are counting on us. Amen.
Our scripture lesson comes from the book of Samuel, chapter 19, verse 1 through 7, and chapter 20, verses 4 through 17. Saul spoke with his son Jonathan and with all his servants about killing David, but Saul's son Jonathan took great delight in David. Jonathan told David, my father Saul is trying to kill you, therefore be on guard tomorrow morning, stay in a secret place and hide yourself. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak to my father about you. If I learn anything, I will tell you. Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul, saying to him, The king should not sin against his servant David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his deeds have been of good service to you. For he took his life in his hand when he attacked the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against an innocent person by killing David without cause? Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan. Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and related all these things to him. Jonathan then brought David to Saul, as he was in his presence as before. Then Jonathan said to David, whatever you say, I will do for you. David said to Jonathan, tomorrow is the new moon, and I shall not fail to sit with the king at the meal. But let me go, so that I may hide in the field until the third evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked me leave of me to run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he says good, it will be well with your servant. But if he is angry, then know that evil has been determined by him. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a sacred covenant with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself. Why should you bring me to your father? Jonathan said. Far be it from you. If I knew that it was decided by my father that evil should come upon you, would I not tell you? Then Jonathan said, or then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Jonathan replied to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So they both went out into the field. Jonathan said to David, By the Lord, the God of Israel, when I have sounded out by my father about this time tomorrow, or on the third day, if he is well disposed toward David, shall I not then send it to disclose to you? But if my father intends to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan, and more also, if I do not disclose it to you, and send you away, so that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you, as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the faithful love of the Lord. But if I die, never cut off your faithful love from my house." Even if the Lord were to cut every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. Thus Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord seek out the enemies of David. Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own life. Here ends the reading from our tradition. May God grant to us wisdom and courage for interpretation. We've been taking a hard look at friendships this fall during youth group. We've been reading stories in scripture that help us think about the kind of friend we should be and what our friendship should look like. One of those friendship stories was the one we just read, David and Jonathan. David is a unique character in the Bible. We are introduced to him when he is a teenager and follow him all the way through his life until death. Like all of us, David has his highs and lows. He does some really, really courageous things but also some really, really stupid things. We're not sure that any of us would want our whole life story, warts and all, written down for everyone to read, but that's what happened to David. 
While we can certainly learn from his mistakes, we can also learn how he kept trying to be faithful and do better when he messed up. I recently read a neighborhood church sign that said, falling down is not failure, staying down is failure. And that sounds like it could be the tagline of David's biography. The story of David's friendship with Jonathan is a powerful one. They showed up for one, they learned to trust one another by being honest and sharing their feelings. The story of David and Jonathan helps us reflect on, reflect on our own friendships. We'd like to share some of those stories with you in the hopes that you too will think about your own friendships and how our friendship should reflect on God's faithfulness and unconditional love. On the subject of friendship, when I was in my sophomore year, I had this teacher, for, who for privacy's sake will call Miss Swan. Now we've all had that teacher, you know, the one teacher that will never give you 100% on an essay because there is no perfect essay, the one ever, the entire school fears. Yes, my best friend and I had that uh, teacher. So one day, Lala and I walk into Miss Swan's class, and instead of the usual layout, there are four desks smack in the middle of the room with every other desk facing them. Lala and I look at each other and go sit at our usual places in the back, while the rest of the class filters in, hoping to avoid Miss Swan. By the time the bell rang, the four middle desks were still empty. Miss Swan walks in and looks at the middle desk silently, while the rest of the class shoots each other worried glances in uneasy silence. Then Miss Swan says she's going to move some students around. She looks directly at Lala, um, looks directly at Lala, points to one of the mill desks, and says, you, right here. Now, the thing about Lala is that she stands out in the crowd. She has bright pink and blue hair and a very peculiar sense of style. But she's not entirely fearless, you know. So when Lala was sent to the middle of the room with everyone's eyes on her, I gathered up my things and went with her. I don't think Miss Swan was expecting that. After the lesson, Miss Swan explained that she wanted to see if anyone would willingly put themselves in the center of attention where everyone could see them and their mistakes. When no one did, she decided to move Lala up there because she assumed that Lala's, based on Lala's fashion sense, she wasn't afraid of standing out, which is both fair and true. I don't know if my presence made much of a difference, but I'd like to think it was nice to not be up there alone. Friendships, ah, the wonderful and often hard relationships that tie us all together. As an extrovert, I consider most of the people I meet to be my friends, though I consider my longer lasting friendships to be my closer ones. Growing up, most of my life, the one person I knew in every activity I did was a girl named Annie. Now, Annie and I did not really get along from the start. We were both rather overdramatic kids, and we first met 10 years ago when I was five. There was always some sort of drama over this or that, and we would also try everything in our power not to let our parents invite each other to our own birthday parties. <laughs> kind of petty, I know, but that's just how kids are sometimes. Yet, at the same time, I still considered it to be rather fun to go back and forth with her about random topics, and we would also have some really nice conversations in the mix every now and then as well. As the years passed, many bigger, badder quarrels hit us, and we stopped talking for a while. Maybe a year or so later, I decided to talk to her again, and she apologized for all the things she'd said to me that made me feel hurt. Through the, through the many years that I've known her, 
our friendship has really evolved into a much nicer, healthy friendship. We have regular Zoom parties with our mutual friends together. We go to watch each other's performances, and we even sometimes get boba tea together when we feel like it. The lesson I've learned from this friendship with her is that some true relationships take a lot of time to build up, and it's okay to take breaks from longer ones too. Just make sure that you do what you feel like is the right thing at that moment in time for you, and if that means you need to let someone go in order to better yourself or give someone else the space to better themselves too, then so be it. And that concludes my friendship story that I wanted to share with you. Thank you for listening. One sign of friendship is the breaking of the bread together. One of our favorite things to do as a youth group is eat together at our Wednesday night gatherings. Sharing a meal is one way to connect, to create space for conversation, and show our love and support of one another. This is one of the reasons we practice communion at church. While ancient Christian communities had an entire meal for communion, our practice is to use smaller portions. The spirit of the meal, however, remains the same. We break bread and drink from the cup as a public commitment to living in the ways of Jesus. Please take a moment now to make sure that everyone has elements of communion and of the liturgy of communion in your bulletin. We are invited to the table just as we are. Ready or not, here we come. There is There's a, a place, place at the table for those who know each other well and those who do not know each other at all. There is no assigned seating, just a place for everyone. There isn't a special handshake or a secret password, only the desire to be in the communion with one another, to, rec to recognize each other as fearfully and wonderfully made, and to work together for a world that is moving towards the kingdom of heaven. So come, all who seek friendship and community, for this is the place to find it. Come, for the table is ready. Please take your elements of communion, Hold them in front of you and let us bless them together with a word of prayer. Gracious God, we ask your blessing on the bread and on the cup. It is just a bite of sip, but like a good friendship, it nourishes both the body and the soul. We approach this sacred time with open hearts and minds knowing that faith is about trusting the mystery. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Grant us peace for this moment. We pray in the name of Jesus, who called us his friends. Amen. When we come to the table, we remember that on the night that would be the most difficult Jesus ever faced, he gathered with his friends around the table. His friends included those who had been with him on the journey, the ups and the downs, the good days and the bad days. His friends included Judas, who would betray him, and Peter, who would deny him. When we are not our best selves, we are still welcome at the table. When others are not their best selves, they too are still welcome at the table. All of us 
are in need of grace and forgiveness. Jesus' friends included those whose names we don't know, the ones the gospel writers forgot to write down, like the women who made the ministry of Jesus possible through their time and talent. We do not know the name of every person with whom we gather around the table, but we know that we are all cut from the same cloth, made in the same image, all striving to be faithful. As we gather around the table, we do so as fellow travelers, as the forgiven, and as friends. We hear again the words of Jesus. This is my body, broken for you. This is the cup of the new covenant, poured out to give hope for many. Eat the bread and drink the cup and do so in memory of me. It is in the name of Jesus that we do so now. Let us pray together. Holy One, as we leave this place, we take with us a renewed sense of community. We are surrounded by kindred spirits. We are shoulder to shoulder with friends who are struggling, celebrating, grieving, and hopeful, just like us. We are grateful for the reminder that we are not alone. Help us to be counted among those who are quick to listen first to love, and ready to encourage, for this is a friend we need in our own lives. We pray in your holy name. Amen.
You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, Senior Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are currently online only premiering at 11 a.m. on Mayflower's Facebook page. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.